0: Thank you all. Thank you very much. Let me uh, ask my wife, Betty, if she would stand up and turn around and just face you to see what a beautiful girl. God led a 15-year-old to fall in love with a 15-year-old, and uh, it was God, and we have been married 58 years now, and I just praise God for it. To say that I have many fond memories of your church is like an understatement because, you know, Terry has been on our ministry board for a long time, Brad Burns was for a time before that. And uh, we know what God did. Terry greeted me this morning on a, a video that he that he sent to say that in 1982, his life was forever changed. Well, all of us were being really dramatically changed and shaped by God at that time, and he has not stopped that shaping. Uh, I'm going to be uh, 78 on Saturday, so I'm just a few days behind uh, Terry, but I'm ahead of him in years, so I know he, he takes uh, joy in knowing that. <clears throat> I, I really believe that God has sent me here for each one of you, but maybe in a very particular way for some of you. You know, we are living in very troubled times. I don't think that in my lifetime I've ever seen more visible, intense hatred, more disregard of everything sacred. We could easily change our motto at the moment to One Nation Under Gov, and in Gov we trust. Because the father of lies, the deceiver, the invisible force of darkness and deception, division and destruction, is leading us to trust some power and some source other than God. And people foolishly are taking the bait. And the sad thing is that we have taught our children in our public schools not to believe in God not to believe in the uniqueness of the founding of our nation as a result of prayer, and that all of these diverse leaders were totally different. They frequently and forcefully disagreed, and yet they came together in a miraculous moment, the answer of prayer and the answer to prayer, and birthed this nation as a miracle the very documents that they wrote that they could have debated and argued over until they all died arguing with exhaustion. But somehow miraculously, they came together and wrote a document and signed one that called every one of them to repentance, all of them. And they paid a terrible price for the sins that they had nourished through much of their life, as had the world. And it was a very costly punishment and penalty that they paid, but what they wrote led to the coming together in supernatural unity, this great nation that has been the most prosperous, the most blessed, and the most benevolent nation in history. Now, our children have been taught that this is simply not so, They have been taught against God. Teachers that believe in God have been told for years, not just recently, that they can't talk about God in public school openly. They can't even really openly give their testimony. They certainly couldn't ask young people to stay after class if you have a need and you'd like me to pray with you. Now, how did this happen? It happened with the financial support of the people who are sitting here. It is our money that pays those school teachers. It is our money that finances the public school system. And it's not actually our money, it's God's money, which he gave us oversight of. We have done a rotten job overseeing what God entrusted to our watch care. Do you understand what I'm saying? We have funded the devil's agenda with God's money that he gave us oversight of. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, what is going to change this? It's called repentance. It's a change of heart and a change of mind. And it's a change of direction. And we don't need to start having a bunch of rallies. We don't need to start a new party. We don't need to start a new movement. We need to allow the move of the power of God to move on the people of God to become the people he has chosen us and separated us to be. The healthy family of God. Does that make sense? The body of Christ supernaturally brought together with all of our differences and all of our diversity and all of our distinctives we become one in christ one with one another with all of our diversity all of our difference we're united in christ and we become those people who look like the family of the perfect father does that make sense to you does a fatherless world need to see the family of the perfect father Do you think fatherless people would run to that father if they could see the family that looked like that father? I'm convinced they will. I'm a fatherless child. I'm the product of rape. A doctor refused to abort me when a 40-year-old hospice nurse had been impregnated by the alcoholic son of the man she was caring for in his home. It's a miracle I'm standing here. Today I could not be standing here. I am... The husband of Betty, the father of three children, one's in heaven. Forty years, she brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. Never knew anybody like our little girl, our little miracle baby, to display Jesus more clearly than Robin did. Forty years, and God said this to me while I'm talking to her daughter with her little grandbaby, our daughter's grandbaby, sitting there by her baby girl, Callie. And I said, Callie... Your mother brought the kingdom of heaven to earth for 40 years, and she really did. How many years of your life have you brought the reality of God's kingdom to earth? Father of three children, grandfather of 11, great-grandfather soon of 14 great-grandchildren. That's 25 grandkids, folks, for an illegitimate product of rape child standing here who has been blessed by God to lead over 20 million people to faith in Christ, to save the lives of over 17 million children and their families that were starving or dying of contaminated water. Your church has supported the outreaches of life. Terry and Susan have supported us even before that great change came. Many of your members have been our friends and supporters. And I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for praying for us. And I really do believe that God sent me over here today for one reason. It could be for just one person. But he wanted me to come over here and tell you that he did not leave us here to get us out of here. So stop trying to get out of Dodge. Stop complaining about the warfare that was promised because the father of lies and the murderer has assaulted the kingdom purpose of God since he was cast out of heaven. And hell was prepared for the devil and his angels, his messengers. And many of those messengers are in high places. Many of them in politics, many of them in entertainment, many of them in business, many of them in religious life but they're not proclaiming the transforming truth of God's love and the gospel of his kingdom. The kingdom that's not only at hand, it's in us. And he left us here to lose our lives in his kingdom purpose. Not to get out of here. Would you please stop talking about the Antichrist and talk about the living Christ? Would you start allowing him to live his resurrected life through you? Would you realize that you're to lose your life in his kingdom purpose and there is the only place on earth you'll find his kingdom? Is losing it in that purpose. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Not necessarily abundance in life, but it's no problem having abundance in life as long as nothing in life has you but me. I don't care how much you have. I just want anything you have to have you because I am the king of kings, the Lord of lords. I am God almighty. I will have none before me, period. So we lose our life in his kingdom purpose. Jesus said, if you want to find your life, lose it for me. You will only find your life when you lose it for me. When Betty and I got married, when we gave our lives to Christ, We signed on to lose our life for his purpose. We did not understand that fully. I don't think most Christians understand it at all, much less fully. Do you realize that the disciples of Jesus, who heard him say, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and then he said, the kingdom of heaven is in you. It's not of this world, but is in you. And you are to make a kingdom impact impact on this planet. I'm leaving you here to live your life for my, my kingdom purpose. And it's only when we lose our life in his kingdom purpose that we actually find it in all of its fullness and fruitfulness. Now, Betty and I meant it. We meant it when we married. We did not understand all that marriage and the commitment entailed but we really meant it. When we say, Jesus, we want to give you our life and we'll live for you, we meant it. But I want to promise you, like I said, I'll be 78 on Saturday. But only in recent years and even months have I come to understand what he meant by kingdom and losing our life for kingdom purpose to find it in all the fullness and fruitfulness that he makes possible. And as I began to see it, I began to see through his eyes the miracle of beholding his glory, his body. There's only one power and one force on this earth the gates of hell cannot prevail against, only one. It's the church of the living God. The gates of hell are not to prevail The gates of hell shall not prevail against my church, my body, my healthy body, supernaturally united, each member connected to one another, all members supplying each member as it has need, receiving from other members just like each member of the body, but submitted to the one head, which is Christ. When we do that, All heaven breaks loose on earth through the body of Christ and the gates of hell cannot prevail. (laughs) Cannot prevail against the marriage. Cannot prevail against your business. Cannot prevail against your family. Cannot prevail against your community. You don't have to give your marriage, your family, your neighborhood, your subdivision, your city, your county, your state, or your nation to the liar and the deceiver. Are you listening? Why are we doing it? And saying, come get us out of here. When he's shouting, I'm in you, get me in here in the fullness of my power and glory. And the only entity on this planet that can do that is the supernaturally unified body of Christ. Do you think God had a vision for a family? Do you? Have you ever wanted what's best for your family? Do you want what's best for people you love? Are you grateful when you see what's best happen? Do you not ask God to help what's best happen? Then why is it that we don't seem to pause and ask that father? What are your desires? Do you have dreams? You know what's happened to me in my prayer life in in the last years? I've always known that I could go to the perfect Father who always told me I could bring my broken heart my hurting heart my confused heart I could bring every need every challenge every problem and bring it to him openly and share it. He would hold and heal my broken heart. He would repair dissension and division and bring people together in supernatural harmony. I could behold his miracles. But recently, as I've gone to him, I say, Father, And let me tell you something. The resurrected Jesus, the living Jesus, the same Jesus said, I must go away for your sake because I'm only one place at a time. My spirit's everywhere. But in order that you do even greater works than I did, so that I will be everywhere in every one of you, I must leave and send another just like me, to live in you. The living resurrected Jesus in reality is living in every one of us. You know, I received an instant healing and saw healing so great when I simply heard God speak through Jim Hilton in a conference with Dudley Hall, and I heard Jim just say out of Romans, the power that raised Jesus, dead body from the grave, lives in you. Why will you allow a sickness to defeat you? And immediately, that resurrection power exploded inside of me. And I watched it flow like a river. And God said, through my body, through my healthy church, every miracle that I've ever done and ever will do can flow freely like a river. And he said, you're seeing every miracle prayer answered, but it will not continue with you. Because the day of the somebodies is over. It's the day of the body of Christ, not the somebodies in Christ. My body, my church coming together in supernatural power. And he said, if it continued the way it's flowing through you, you couldn't even sit in this office there would be extension ladders slammed up against the wall and people crashing those glass windows and thrusting a little crippled child in. James, pray for him. And he said, yes, I can heal him, And yes, I want to do so much more than you ever imagined. But I'm going to do it when my people come together in the supernatural unity that I prayed for. One with the Father in relationship. Sanctified by the power of his word but coming together in supernatural unity that we've only glimpsed. That's his prayer. And I'm telling you, I live to see that prayer answered. Do you hear me? It can happen. The same Jesus. And so as I would go to God, and it was the most amazing thing. He said, you know, Jesus is right there with you all the time. And you know, Jesus always came to me even in the midst of great moves of the spirit. And when people were telling him, come here, come here, come here, please come here, come here, but he'd always come back to me. And God said, you don't follow the cries of men. You don't respond merely to the needs of men. You respond to my will. And he said, that's why I'm here. I want to go where do you want me to go. When you want me to go, stay as long as you want me to. The disciples that Jesus was teaching about the kingdom did not get it. Jesus, after he's resurrected, spent 40 days explaining the kingdom some more. They didn't get it while the greatest teacher on the planet's telling them about losing your life for kingdom purpose to find it. My kingdom purpose, his kingdom purpose, We're sold out for him. We're not building our kingdom. We're not making our business, our home, our family, our goals, our desires, our dreams, the kingdom. We're not building our kingdom. We're sold out totally to his kingdom only. That's what he's talking to us about. The disciples didn't get it. They still keep talking about the kingdom to come. The next kingdom, the kingdom that he's prepared for us. Where there is no enemy. There is no deception. There is no defeat. There is no division. There is no disease. No death. You don't put on an armor. There's no enemy. There's nobody to conquer. There's no one in conflict that you're to overcome and walk over the enemy's intention like dust under your feet, like a spider, like a scorpion, and crush his, crush his desires. That's the kingdom purpose. The disciples didn't get it. Here he is in resurrected power, they can see him. 40 days, he kept trying to explain kingdom. He's about to ascend into heaven. And what do they ask? Are you going to set up the kingdom now? You're going to do it now? You're finally going to do it. You think he didn't think, dear God, dear Father. He said, look, stop talking about that. Nobody knows when that's going to happen. Don't get caught up in it. Get caught up in my kingdom purpose now. Now. Do what I've left you here to do. Be witnesses unto me starting at home in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I've left you here to make a kingdom impact. Now start making it. That's right. And then he left. And they tarried. Don't miss this because this will bless you for a long time. You can just have a real long fun Bible study that you've not found or seen. But you're going to get to take it on your own. The disciples that did not understand what kingdom purpose meant responded to the king of kings when he said, you tarry until you're endued with power from on high. This spirit that's in you, this resident power is going to become president power, prevailing power, overcoming, carrying in might power. But you tarry until you're endued with this power from on high. They tarried in perfect answer to Jesus' prayer in John 17. In supernatural unity, they prayed in one accord. And when those 120 people walked out of that upper room, and the boastful disciple that had denied Jesus three times in his of greatest need, walks out in such divine appointing, and anointing that he became the keynote speaker at Pentecost. There's not a denomination on this earth that would allow Simon Peter to speak at anybody's convention. (laughs) He walked out in the power of the resurrected Christ. He walked out not understanding or able to explain kingdom, but he walked out experiencing the power of the kingdom. The king of kings, his power, his kingdom purpose had taken over every one of those disciples. And they spoke not merely in tongues, but they communicated the language of the kingdom to everybody in their own dialect. They could understand what? The gospel of the kingdom through people controlled by the power of kingdom purpose. And you take this book. And you're gonna see a bunch of men that could not explain kingdom, experience kingdom. And then you take the whole book of Acts, just start right there with a sermon, calling them all to repentance, rebuking every leader, every religious unbelief system, all of them starting there and every chapter. They couldn't explain it, they experienced it, and then they expressed it in power. Every page, every verse every chapter in the book of Acts and you will see that kingdom power touched everything on this planet. Everything. From the highest places of academics to the highest places of, of, let's say, government or imperial power or a king's power or Caesar's power. They preached another king than Caesar. They preached the truth in the power of the spirit and they demonstrated kingdom. And the greatest Physical power on earth collapsed under the testimony of those Christians who did lose their life, who did die as he died. He never said, that's how all believers are supposed to die. He didn't say, you're supposed to spend the rest of your life in prison. He didn't say, spend your life in a monastery locked up. He didn't say, spend your life being walked on, trampled on, spit on, mocked. He said, you're more than conquerors. You're ambassadors for Christ. You're overcomers in my name. You walk over all the intentions of the enemy like dust under your feet. Why aren't we doing it? We just go to church rather than be in the church. If everybody that knows God wouldn't just go to some rally, wouldn't say I'm going to be a part of the movement, would be caught up by the power of the king and lose your life for his kingdom purpose, I may be 78 years old pretty quick, but I want to tell you something. I'm more alive than I've ever been in my life. I'm watching God. I am, I'm watching God change people that you'd say nobody could change. Do you realize that God led Israel out of bondage? And he let them wander around and try to get Egypt out of them so that they could respond to the true message of Joshua and Caleb. And by the way, every church ought to have a Joshua and Caleb to tell them the truth about what's going on in the land of the enemy and tell them how we can take the cities. And God says, I will win the battle. You can overcome all those enemies. I'll tear the walls down. I will. Did he do it? Did he do it for Israel? Did he feed them? Did he care for them? Did they have a land flowing with milk and honey? Was it beyond anything you could ever imagine? Why would they get more than we do? Because the devil made us believe a lie. We don't settle for less. We settle for everything he says he is and desires to be in us and in his church. And you let the church stand up, suited up in Jesus, we won't have to have a rally. We may have plenty of prayer meetings and God's going to answer our prayers. You're not going to have to beg people to vote. You're not going to have to beg them to vote right. They're going to know what right looks like. And they're not going to tolerate wrong. How long do you think it would take this nation? Do you realize the stage right now that's set is so ugly? The ugly manifestation of the fruit of the deceiver, the devil himself, the murderer, is clear for everybody to see. Is it ugly? Have you ever seen anything uglier than what the devil does? Is it insane? Is it stupid? Is it laughable? Is it crazy beyond belief? If we can see the fruit of what the devil does, how about we let the world see the fruit of what God does? How's he gonna see it? Through the life of the believer and the believers coming together like a supernatural body of believers, and we are going to vote right, you know what else we're going to do? We're going to make sure that our voting system is honest. Why would you not want that? What person on this planet wants somebody to be able to control who goes to Washington instead of the people? Am I making any sense? This isn't a political message. This is the truth. Quit giving the keys to God's kingdom to the devil. And quit letting the enemy have any of your life. If you want to see, and you just get your yellow highlighter, and in every chapter of Acts, just look at all the areas in the kingdom that kingdom power touched. I don't care if it was Mars Hill. I don't care if it was leaders. I don't care if it was the Pharisees, the Sadducees. I don't care who it was. They spoke truth to them. And you couldn't even keep Simon Peter in jail. You couldn't keep Paul and Silas in stocks and bonds. And the jailer's so scared when they were freed, he was going to kill himself. He said, don't bother yourself. Hey, we're free. We were free while we were locked up. That's why we're singing praises to our Lord. You can't take away that freedom. And you can't keep us in prison. And the jailer says, what? What do I have to do to be like you? The guy that was going to kill himself, he was so scared of what the Romans would do to him if these guys got out. And they said, he don't hurt yourself. Well, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And that jailer that was afraid somebody would find out that they got out under his watch, he walked down Main Street with them right to his house. He had a meal, he had a party and the whole household got saved. His whole neighborhood got saved and the whole city of Philippi got saved and the Philippian church was the one church that never stopped helping Paul. When all the others didn't, you did. Look how beautiful the power of the kingdom is. Yes, those guys died. Paul died. Nobody went to his funeral. Nobody had a memorial. Nobody even knew when the axe fell and the head of the greatest preacher and the greatest missionary that ever lived fell in the dirt. Nobody knew. But we knew. We believed because of them. Everything he wrote when Rome came down under the influence of that New Testament church, it began the process of the Word of God, not just ending up in a book everybody could have, or a book that everybody could carry, but the power of the Word of God that could carry every one of us with kingdom power. And that's what God's waiting for. And boy, when I go to God now, I'm telling you what, there's not one of you sitting here that if I came and sat down by you, that you would be more real he is when I come and you know what he told me more than once in the last few months he said James I'm so excited when you come I know you know you can tell me anything and I'm always anxious to listen but he said you always come and you say like dad father what's on your heart what's on your mind and you really want to know He said something to me the other day when I was talking to three people down here in front of me. And he said, James, you come to me just like Jesus did. And my knees buckled and two of those men fell on the floor. I said, guys, God just said, I go to him like Jesus. Dad, what do you want to do? what's on your heart and you want my will to be done this This is a conversation with God he talks to me more clearly than any of you could ever talk to me And he talks to me in perfect harmony with everything he ever said I know his word and I know the voice of the word and I know the person of the word I know the word the living word, the living Lord the living Jesus, the living Father he said James You want my will done on earth just as much as Jesus does. And I do. I'm looking at a group of people that if every one of you would say, whatever part of your body I am, if I'm this part of your arm or this part, so your hands can work right, we're going to work together, but all of us are going to submit to the one head so we can ultimately get your loving arms around the whole world you gave your son to redeem. And that's the only way his loving arms get around the people he gave his son to redeem. And with the help of many people like you, we have been putting God's loving arms around people, the least of these, the unnoticed. They're forgotten. And they find out. God didn't forget them. And the missionaries, one of the greatest joys our viewers have is they say, James, you tell us God will answer our prayers, but then you say something to us that really got to us. You say, why don't you ask God to make you an answer to somebody's prayers? Why don't you ask God to let you be the miracle somebody longs for? And their hearts leap. You can't believe and millions of people said, James, we lost our life in that, to find it. To think we can be the answer to some mother's prayers for her little baby, for her child. The answer to a village to have water. If we can show them God's love, we get to do that together. If just this body right here would say we're going to be supernaturally united, I'm going to lose my life in his kingdom purpose." See, we love our children. We love our grandchildren. You think it's not a beautiful thing for grandparents to see their children love God, love their children? Our daughter that's in heaven at age 40 left three beautiful teenagers. They're such beautiful expressions. One of them is pastoring in the church where mom was a leader and he was all state baseball and football, won state championships, got a college scholarship. But he's preaching there now. In the very area where he grew up. Where they used to run to us when they were little kids with a plastic bag of money. Mimi and Papa, we got a bunch of money for the little kids that are hungry. Look here. And they'd bring their little bags. Well, he's pastoring there. And he's a great leader. He's a great man of God. Mom is looking from heaven. She's about to see four little grandchildren. Over and over, she said to Betty before she died, Mom, you think I'll get to see my grandchildren? She is. She is. With her little grandbaby there with Callie, I said, Callie, your little baby's so beautiful. I said, it's hard to believe that Mom is as happy where she is now as she would be sitting here with you and the little grandbaby. It's hard to imagine that she's as happy as she would be here. And Callie just got quiet and she said, well, I know, I know, I know mom's really happy. And God, that father that sits by me, he said, James, for Robin, she would have been just as happy here as here because Robin brought the kingdom of heaven to earth just like it is. And she did. Her beautiful little miracle baby that we couldn't have because Betty couldn't have another baby. But she got robbed. Do you not think that life in Christ and losing it in his purpose is the greatest joy you can experience on this planet? Well, I'm here to tell you it is. And for us to get to see our children love one another love their spouses, see all these little grandchildren and great-grandchildren for a guy that wasn't even supposed to be born and didn't have a father. But I met the father. And I'm standing here as an old guy right now and I'm telling you this father knows. This kid is crazy about him. And I want his will to be done on for his glory and kingdom purpose. If you will lose your life in that, you're gonna find it. I will simply tell you this. No one even knows Christ who merely comes to Christ to get a ticket to heaven. We come to Christ to find life. And he says, if you wanna find it, you lose your life. And my purpose. And then you'll find it beyond anything you ever imagined. You can find it the way I imagine. And that's what I want for you. I want the best for you. I am the father that not only desires the best for you, I can deliver it. I I want you to have your dreams fulfilled. But I want you to learn to delight in me so that I can give you the desires of your heart by redirecting the desires of your heart. I want to direct your focus. I want to direct your steps. I want to direct your desires and your dreams. But I'm for your dreams. The problem is too few of you are for my dreams. I have dreams too. Could you just say, Dad, Father, what's your dream? Whole lot of black boys, Caleb. I never had a father. Father. They had a mom. And a lot of boys sadly because black people are so brilliant and they're so talented. Matter of fact, you really notice that all the white people go out to watch our black kids play the neighborhood black kids. We go to college to watch the black kids at college play the black kids at the other college and all the sports. Isn't it amazing that white people are at least sensible enough to quit talking about quotas? Like, you know, we need to have more whites than blacks on each team. Isn't that, isn't that nonsense? You want to know why there's more blacks playing? Because they're better. <laughs> they're a lot better. But see, all the blacks need to understand that they're also brilliant. They're not just potentially athletes. But you know what these black boys want to do? they like to buy mom a house because I bet mom dreamed about a house. And I try to tell them all, oh, you got so much more to offer than a house. You give God your life and Let the king of kings reign and we can change this world. We won't be divided by color or past or heritage or race or partisanship or denomination. One thing you've watched life do, we've brought together all these church leaders that thought they couldn't even get in the same room together. They said we wouldn't spit on each other if they'd been on fire. (laughs) And they got in there and they said, you know what? We love each other. It all started with Billy Graham saying to me, when I'd scolded him for all the people he worked with, he said, you know what, James, I'd like to suggest something to you. Do you know these people you're telling me to stay away from? I said, no. He said, I would like to give you this advice. You need to spend time with people you've been taught to avoid. And I did. And all of us changed. I might have thought I was going to straighten them out. I got straightened out. But at the same time, they did too. Because they saw the love of the Father who loves all of us with all of our diversity, our difference, and all of our mistakenness. Are you hearing anything worthwhile this morning? Do you understand what would happen on planet Earth if the King of Kings took over in his body? And we became the healthy family of the perfect father. And we became the body of Christ in supernatural unity. Do you realize the great things that happen under any president, under any leader? The great things that happen are answered prayer. So quit making a hero out of the person that did something right because they became an answer to prayer. Because that doesn't mean they were perfect. Daniel advised four godless kings. Every time they did what God said, the people were blessed. Don't look for a perfect person. You've got him. Pray to the perfect person for every person. But these people that are committed to the deceiver and committed to deception and committed to trusting something other than God, they have sold out to the deceiver, to the devil. Don't go that way. Don't let them lead you that way. We're all going over the cliff. Just say we're not going that way. We're going to pray and God's going to turn this thing around. We saw some miracles for four years that you couldn't believe could happen, especially with a playboy billionaire in the White House. But it just happened that people were praying and those prayers overpowered him. And I saw it. And I witnessed it. And it was prayer. It was God, not Trump. God answering prayer. That's the Trump card you play. You play is the prayer card. Are you listening don't make a hero out of a denomination or a party or a person or a personality. Stop it. Now, I don't know whether you know this is good preaching or not, but God's telling me He likes it. You know what? He's I never. My dad never said way to go. I never had a compliment from my father, and that dad says, "Go, boy, go." I saw that black-headed guy up there preaching a while ago. He got to say, "I like that, boy. I like that," and he's looking down. He's this old man right now with white hair. He said, son, couldn't be more proud of you because you're telling the people the truth. That if that truth gets them, it shakes this world. And I get the glory.